Holy One, the great parent of us all, speak words of light and life today and always. Amen. Amen. The good news in the gospel passage this morning is, is one of the obvious ones. From the very beginning all the way through to the last sentence, it's obviously good not only because of what Jesus says, but why Jesus is saying it. The disciples, Jesus' closest friends, the ones who knew to drop everything and accept Jesus' invitation to a life of service and faithfulness, we're in need of a lesson on prayer. This is great news for us because it means that if these guys needed a lesson on prayer, no wonder we do. Over the years, I've had many conversations with people about prayer that comes with the territory. And as you can imagine, those conversations are unique to each person, each situation. And yet while no two conversations are the same, Thematic similarities abound. Often, there are the confessors, those who immediately start confessing to me the moment I bring up prayer. Ah, I feel terrible, but I always forget to pray, Amy. In fact, I don't, I don't even know how to pray. And then there are those who have serious questions about quality assurance. I'm not really sure I'm praying right. So I just avoid it entirely to make sure I don't get it wrong. And of course, the most common question, the hardest one for any person, priest especially, is when we get the question of efficacy. How do I know that God hears my prayers? I haven't heard God respond back yet. To that I can only say I know. I hear you. With such great questions about prayer swirling in our midst, it seems appropriate that we spend this morning listening with our hearts and minds to Jesus speak on this important topic. And to aid us in our openness, we're going to say a little prayer. I want everybody to put their hand over their heart and say, whisper to yourself, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. All right. All the commentaries I've ever read or listened to about this passage urge the hearers to lean in to the wildly audacious, beautiful claim that begins and ends Jesus' lesson on prayer that the one to whom we pray is first and foremost a parent, a father to us all. Two millennia later, this title feels old and stale. The legacy of patriarchy combined with people's complicated relationships with their own fathers adds another layer of difficulty to Jesus' instructions to pray to the Father. But taking a step back from that, Peeling behind the curtain, we realize that by teaching us to pray to our Father, Jesus was in fact not primarily teaching us about appropriate language, gendering God, or extolling the virtues of honorific titles. 
Jesus was insisting, was teaching that prayer is rooted in relationship. In this case, the relationship is father to child. And for this framework to make real sense, we have to put it into context. In the time of Jesus, who your father was, was the end all and be all of everything about your identity, your place in society, your power, your profession, where you lived and how you lived, and all of that, and whether that was, your father claimed you at all, all of that was based on your, who your father was. Being fatherless in the Roman Empire of the first century was to be vulnerable at every level. It is in this light that God as Father is completely subversive, wildly liberating, and profoundly empowering. No longer is anyone orphaned. Everyone's status is elevated. All have a family, a people to belong to, and that's because we all share the one parent, the same Father of us all. Praying to the Father isn't just a nicety. It's praying to the one who loves us, sees us, and affirms our place in the world. It's praying to the one who grounds us in relationship. For in prayer, the relationship is not just to the divine, but in praying to the Father, we find ourselves in a web of relationships connected to humanity by the same God and parent of us all. We realize now prayer continues to be a source of profound subversion and liberation. In this fragmented world, reimagining the ways that prayers knits us together with God and with others isn't a futile exercise, but rather an exercise in hope. It's an empowered, informed stance of really stubborn hope. No, will we, not, we will not just listen to the voices and spirits that want us to hate one another or tear us apart. For beyond the fear, there is a web of relationships that connects us all. We have the same Father. And this prayer is rooted in relationship. And prayer like that well, that's exactly what the world needs right now. I suspect that so many struggle in prayer largely because we're rusty. And we're rusty because the image of prayer is distorted. Prayer is not always transcendent. In fact, a blessed life is one where the prayers are pretty mundane. People suspect, but people suspect that if prayer doesn't make the sun shine on one's wedding day, then that just means the prayers don't work. It's curious that that's become our expectations of prayers all the time. Because look again at the prayer Jesus taught his disciples. It all reads rather close to what daily life is actually like. Help us to live kingdom lives instead of empty, selfish lives. Give us what we need to eat and survive. Forgive us, for we're a people who practice forgiveness. It's all there. All that we need for flourishing and goodness in our lives, in the daily lives, 
It's all right there. As is the case with so many things, we have more than we know. We have everything we need for our flourishing, and that includes the ability to pray. For many of us, personal prayer is like a gym membership. We're happy that we have access to it, even if we don't use it. Mm. But today we're gonna dust off that membership. All right, what I want everyone here to do is to find a partner. Two partners, three partners, make it a group. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna ask this person to pray about you for something. And then you're gonna actually pray for them. And then they're gonna say, what can I pray for you about? And then you're actually gonna pray for them. Because the more I thought about it, listening to Jesus teach about prayer, talking about prayer, reading a gospel passage about prayer, having me talk about prayer, and no one pray, <laughs> so silly. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna circle up and we're gonna pray for about three to four minutes. Go. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, God. That's the thing about prayer. It's like, they're, everybody can, everybody's got it.
God, for all these prayers, the ones spoken, the ones too hard to speak, we say amen and thank you. You guys crushed it. That was beautiful. Thank you for praying for one another. Thank you for being honest. And thank you for using that time to stretch those muscles. Communicating with God and with others. It's what it's about. Amen.